Count the Rupee is descending on them quickly. And Count the Rupee takes the lead now in the gong of the 150. Nudges running home to second. And then came Yamazaki. But it's a local victory. Count the Rupee for Brock Ryan. Won it by two lengths to none. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Triple J Racing Weekly. Uh, day two of the Star Sydney Championships this week with four Group 1 races, a couple of Group 2s. Uh, and then uh, me and Bryce are going to dive into some form down in Adelaide as well. A couple of nice races down there. But uh, more importantly, how are you doing today, Bryce? Good, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me again. And uh, well done last weekend again as well to you. And all my tips are on backerwinner.com.au. So shout out to them if you want to jump online and get them better. Yeah, going well, mate. How's things on your end? Yeah, not too bad, mate, but plenty of rain around down here at uh, south of Sydney. Obviously, yeah, lots of, um, you know, the town's starting to get a little bit flooded out there. A few people are struggling to get their cars around, so there's a bit going on. Um, and also, obviously, Ramwick's nice and wet up there as well, so looking at another heavy truck. But, um, yeah, it was an unreal weekend of racing there, day one of the championships. Um, one question for you, mate. Is your love affair with edits still going, or you, you think you think it might be all done now? Uh, I wasn't too su- surprised when I saw he pulled up poorly, but did see Bloodstock say a bit of a post just saying, look, we got it wrong, didn't handle the wet track. And fair enough to them. You're going for X amount of money. You've targeted him for the race. And when I jumped on the futures, I uh, didn't expect it to be flooding. So, I, yeah, he just didn't let down at all. You go have a look at the margin that there was in the turn of the table with a few that he beat easily last start. So, yeah, mate, I'm pretty keen to see him again on a dry track. I wouldn't be jumping in any short odds, but definitely pulled up poor and a heavy 10. So as much as I was disappointed, saved on another one, thanks to your lovely work, and that was an outstanding win, mate. Well, well found, and congrats to Nick Haywood. That was a peach of a ride, and I think the best horse in the race won. I think on a dry track, Ed, it would have been a lot better, but, gee, another one was very, very good. Deserved it too. Yeah, I think you nailed that one there, mate, with the, the edit on a good track. I just think that he has such a nice turn of foot, and I actually think that he might be he might be better off being ridden quite in, at the rear of the field there so he can unleash. But, I mean, edit wasn't the only horse that the track found out on the weekend, so uh, quite happy that another one handled it. And, um, yeah, as we know, some horses do and some don't. But, as you said, absolutely super ride by Nick Haywood. Um, you know, we all sort of thought he was going to jump forward there and sit in a nice forward position, but... Things went a bit pear-shaped off the jump and, you know, that's what good jockeys do. They don't freak out. They don't worry about where they should be and what could could happen. It's just a new race from there. And, uh, yeah, he was able to time, time the run right and, and, and fortunately enough, the horse sort of took it on board. So one thing I did on Saturday night, mate, was uh, I had another one bites the dust on repeat about five or six times that evening. Had about 20 beers. So I was a bit sore on Saturday, but it was a yeah, really, really good weekend. So <laughs> excited about that one. Uh, another horse I wanted to ask you about, mate, Fireburn. How good is she going? Unbelievable. I was As I was watching the race, I thought in my head, well, um, and I get things wrong often. We all do, but I thought, gee, there's uh, a lot of Twitter out there going, well, trying to get that beat was pretty dumb. It was explosive. It race, race was over so quickly. And uh, so often I kept seeing she's extreme will turn the tables, better horse, better horse. Fireburn just obliterated it. I loved what Abdullah did. I just loved it. I reckon that's great. He's on the comeback. Great story. Super ride. Super horse. If that the longer the race would have gone, the more it would have won by. That was a demolition job. And it is nice to see something pan out like that when you, you do declare them because 
can declare things and get them completely wrong. But gee, that was just a cut copy, took the rails run, and it was just so easy to watch. As soon as Fireburn got the rails run, uh, it was, wasn't it race over? How impressive. Yeah, I thought the most you know, impressive thing about that victory was just, I thought She's Extreme ran a really, really big race. I don't think She's Extreme could have raced any better. So that's what made it even more impressive for mine. And obviously, once again, went up the inside lane there, which is probably inferior ground. But mm. she, she's just absolutely loving these wet tracks. And I think she just proved that she's probably the, the gun two-year-old at the moment. And yeah, I mean, we sort of said it last week, couldn't believe people were going to go against the horse. And um, yeah, she proved us right, I guess, because she was absolutely super. I've definitely declared Animo a few times and been wrong by the barest of margins. So can get declarations wrong, but $2.40, you look back at that and you go, wasn't that a gift? Absolute gift there, mate. And another one, uh, another nice victory was Nature Strip. Obviously, uh, he's just turned out to be a – he's obviously third up genius, you know, seven wins now from nine starts. And I thought that was another really impressive win because, you know, I predicted he'd sit in behind the, the species there, but he's just um, – took the race by the horns and was strongest at the end of the race. Oh, that was a really impressive win as well. And uh, what was your opinion on Mr. Brightside, mate? How did, uh, how did the Brightside and Willow combine to win the Doncaster? Nature Strip travelled very, very well. And, yeah, as you touched on, the the third up record and Waller with the grand final, as uh, about half an hour before the race, I think I saw the third up stat, looked at it again a couple of times and thought, gee, I've, I've got to have something on it because this might just annihilate them. And you're spot on there mate and yeah mr brightside did did shock me a bit i didn't have it in my numbers at all there were a few that were quite disappointing in the race i thought forbidden love was going to pinch it and yeah i think mr brightside but that was just perfect timing by the hayes brothers really good ride by willow and it was flying so it kind of just got overlooked didn't it had the picket fence and then just forgot about it a bit and it it really just in hindsight, how well was it going last prep? So while it did surprise me, hard to knock it. It's a very good it's put up a very good, uh, career win ratio. So well done to the Hayes brothers and, yeah, good song as well. Yeah, absolutely right, mate. And maybe we found out that Mr. Brightside doesn't mind a wet track as well because uh, yes. spent a lot of his career off a wet track. So that's another big tick, tick, tick for the horse. Uh, speaking about those grand finals with Chris Waller horses, it's a good lead up into this weekend because we've certainly got a few Chris Waller types finding some grand finals this weekend. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing about your thoughts on those races and see if we line up on any of our selections. Um, obviously, mate, Ramwick again, heavy 10, no doubt about it. Plenty of water on the track. Rail goes out four metres this week. Um, you have any opinion on what you think might happen this week in terms of track pattern and, and where the place to sit is? I'm going to say to punters, probably halve your bets to start the day because on the days you, I tend, well, I tend personally to lose money is when it's really wet because it goes away from the best horses winning. And I can get a bit caught up with looking for the best horses, but you go look at uh, how the tracks have played the last few days and I don't think the best horses have been winning. So, yeah, interesting to see how it plays, probably rattling down the outside later on in the day. But you just don't really know. It's such a raffle. And looking at the image of uh, Ramwick at the moment, it looks underwater. So, I, yeah, I'm going to be halving all my stakes, mate. I'm I'm just can't go in fully confident. You, you need to be looking for things that absolutely swim. And even then, you, you can back the swimmers in the in the mud, and they can just fail. So, a bit touch and go, I think. 
Yeah, mate, I totally agree there. And uh, one thing about it is, you know, when you're doing form for these races, you, yeah, like you said, you're trying to find the best horse in the race, but you really do need to find a track partner and you really do need to find these horses that handle it because on days like this, this is when it really matters. You know, your horses can get away with a good three sitting in a bad position, but if you're sitting in a bad position on a heavy 95, it's uh, really hard to get away with it. So, um, yeah, my opinion is obviously last week the rail was in the true position, but, you know, they didn't really go anywhere near the inside. They were coming off the fence. Um, I think another one and maybe Fireburn were the only horses that really went up there. And uh, this week, I think it'll be much the same. I think they'll still come off the fence a little bit. But uh, I think that I'm going to approach it as a fair meeting in terms of leaders will be able to win and you'll be able to run on. But, um, yeah, as you said, we're really looking for those, obviously, the wet trackers and probably rock-hard fit horses that uh, handle heavy tens as well. You can get really misled in, in the farm guide if a horse is at a, a maiden win on a heavy eight. This is a heavy ten in, in really good grade. So that's the thoughts there. But we'll get straight into it, mate. Um, obviously, we'll start with race three. We'll rattle off the races three to ten around. We can two in Adelaide. Um, the Polytrack Provincial Midway Final, which is uh, 1,400 metres and it's set weights. Obviously, Chris Lees has about 40 horses in this race. So he'll be looking to try and take it out. But the favourite is Never Talk at $3.80. Great news, $4.60. Rustic Steel, $6. Kiss Some, 9 Kinlock, 12 Grand Remoro, 13 Barossa Rosa, 19 May Rose, 19 And some juicy odds to rest, mate. Um, obviously, there's no need to really talk too much about this speed map. It's going to be a really fast-paced fast race, and uh, inside draws are going to be the place to be. So what are your thoughts around this, this race? I'll just briefly uh, touch on them really quickly. Never talk. Absolute peach from, from J-Mac last start. Gaps open at the right time. J-Mac on great news now, which is interesting. Great news overdue for a win. Lands up on the speed and J-Mac on that is interesting. Rustic Steel was the biggest. Don't win, but run a good race for me, please, Huey. Last start, wasn't it? That was the biggest. Don't get the handicapper. And Chris Lee has won last year with Bowman, so that placement's... Very, very important. Kiss some not far off Animo, not that far ago. So has to be in the mix. Kinlock flying home and Graham Ramore Gibbons admitted he got the ride wrong last start and it absolutely throttled home. I think market's pretty fair, mate. I reckon interesting Ollie's on Never Talk. I'm yeah, I'm not too sure um about that. It's gonna need some luck from Barrier Two, isn't it? If the gaps don't open, it's it's all over for Never Talk. If they do, it's good enough to win. Rustic Steel, I'm leaning towards because Huey Bowman leaves and it's it's just a good horse. That last ride was uh, was interesting. Kiss Summers, the blowout, got the Animo form, different form line away from Lees. And Kinlock will fly home. It's a good horse. Graham Ramore as well. It's pretty hard to rule them all out. I'm actually not too keen to back anything in this, mate, just because Lees has such a big hand. Maybe Rustic Steel just because Bowman's booked. Um, I'm going to avoid never talk just because barrier two and uh, I couldn't catch Ollie with the biggest fishing rod in the world. So, yeah, I'm going to stay out, mate. But Rustic Steel, if I had to pick one, keep an eye on the market with Kinlock because that can rattle home. What did you land on? Yeah, mate, I'm not sure I could back never talk either because I'm not sure Ollie even knows where Randwick is. Been a long time since he's been to Sydney. So <laughs> I'm very surprised if he got lost on the way over. But anyway, um, yeah, no, my thoughts around the race is, you absolutely nailed that rustic steel. I thought the horse had the absolute perfect lead up to this race. And uh, I honestly thought that was a little bit fishy, that last start effort there at Newcastle. But um, and we all obviously found out that if he if he won that race, he was going to go up in weight. So 
they've done a great job there and um, the horse is in great order. But, you know, barrier 14 is a little bit iffy. Um, the horse that I'm pretty keen to sort of latch on and have an each way better around is Grand Ramore from the Lee Stable. I like the fact that they have Dulles book because it's, you know, it's a pretty solid booking there in Sydney around a horse that's, that's going really well. And the reason I like the horse is I really like the way that he um, qualified, uh, she qualified, sorry, there. Ran on strongly from well back in the field over the 13.50. Has a good second up record, handles heavy track and um, has ticked off the 1,500, 1,600-meter box, which I think is key in this race because I think we're going to really need a tough horse that can handle a really high-pressure 1,400-meter race. And I think there's a, plenty here that have shown good ability in being able to stretch out to 1,400, but I think this is going to be a really tough affair. And Grant Ramore's form from last preparation is all around really good horses, um, you know, obviously didn't win every race back then, but was racing against some nice types. And yeah, I think that the horse is pretty well placed here and we're getting the right odds when you look at barrier six. Um, good point you made about J-Mac getting on great news. I think that horse will be cherry ripe for this. Um, the only sort of query there is whether she gets stuck from barrier 12, because I do think that 1400 is really the dead set limit for that horse, but has a sharp turn of foot. Um, but yeah, mate, I'm keen to back sort of, Grand Ramore, maybe Kinlock, uh, just based on the odds. I, I don't want to take anything short in this race when I think it's so open and we'll see how we go. But it's certainly a very competitive uh, race Race three here in Sydney. Race four might be a little bit uh, easier for yeah, us. And one other thing with that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just lagging a bit. One more thing is Dylan Gibbons, who's hands down my favourite jockey, admitted. And, yeah, it was an absolute shambles on Grand Ramore last start. One of his poorest rides, and he very rarely rides poor. So, if it got out sooner, it was an absolute good thing licked. So, great each way tip there, definitely Abdullah. And um, yeah, it's, its form is good, but gee, that last run was huge. And good on Gibbons for saying he was wrong. He's he's an absolute gun, the young kid. He sure is. He's absolutely killing it. It won't be long until he's up in Sydney. And um, yeah, I think that's the other thing as well. You know these. You know, when you're back in a horse like this in this race, you know that this has been set for a long time because these uh, Aussie bloodstock uh, owners, Luke and Jamie, obviously do a great job, but they really target these type of races. And I think that Chris Lees has had this planned out for a long time. And I thought the horse was super there first up. So I think that we're getting the horses really ready to go here on the weekend and we're getting double figure odds. So from a nice draw, Abdullah was on fire. That's going to be my play around the race. Uh, race four is the Furphy Percy Sykes Stakes over 1,200 metres. Um, this is a group two for two-year-old fillies. Current favourite with J-Mac aboard, Paris Dior, $2.40. Ohio from Godolphin, $8. Willinger Beast, $8. Magic Carpet, North Star Lass, 11 and 13. She's a bolt of 15 and pretty big odds the rest. Um, we've obviously got some speed there from the Waterhouse Horse, Pantanaro, actually, both Waterhouse horses there, North Star Lass and Pantanario shooting forward. Lady Laguna and Lady Percivals will come come forward from out wide and there'll be a decent tempo in this race, mate. Two-year-olds, Phillies over 1,200 metres. Um, you side with the favourite here? I'm happy to lead this, mate. This is a really tricky race. Paris Dior is above average, but, gee, you, you, I could tip 10 things here and still get it wrong. You go all under Willow, who's currently $20, and it's on speed with Fireburn form. So a couple of stables have a few reps in this. I thought uh, Willinger Beast was really good last start, but absolute raffle job for me. I thought this was the hardest race of the day. But if you're taking Paris Dior, no knock, um, and just J-Mac on. So, yeah, mate, it's a lead for me. What did you land on? 
Yeah, I'm going to have a play here, mate. Paris Dior for me. Uh, I thought she was excellent in her first preparation. I thought she'd end up in the Golden Slipper, and she didn't. Uh, I feel she was maybe just that tiny level behind those horses. Uh, but she did beat Sajal in the English Millennium. Got J-Mac here, barrier three. Uh, had a little bit of a break in two recent trials. Been absolutely super. The most recent one, J-Mac sort of just gave her clear air. And uh, she was just absolutely gliding through while horses were sort of you know, chasing and working pretty hard to get her. And I just thought she did it in really nice style. Uh, has handled the heavy before. And I think that she might just be a little bit of a class above these horses. Um, the other horse I'm going to have a little bit of a saber on is Magic Carpet. Uh, I just think she has the profile of a horse that will suit the day. Really rock hard fit. Fourth up of a freshen up. Has that 1,200 metre tick next to her name. And uh, in that race, she was chasing home. She's extreme. So... Magic carpet at the odds. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably have a bit of a spec on Paris Dior just because I really like the horse, mate. But I'm certainly not uh, fully done my form for the weekend. And, and like you said, there's a lot to go through. But it'll be more down to the price for me. Obviously, Paris Dior might be a little bit short there at the $2.40. Yeah, Magic Carpet I had a really good look at. And nothing against Rachel King personally, but I'm dead set. Don't think I've ever won on her. And um, That was the one I was probably interested on at odds. But... Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to leave that, mate. I think those two plays look look the right two. Yep. Uh, really excited this next race. 1,200 metre Arrowfield sprint. Three-year-old group two set weights. Uh, Waterhouse and Tommy Berry combined with the favourite here in the Congo. $3.60. Marzoo, $3.90. Palali, $4. Then we get out of double figures with Ranch and Generation, Bacchanalia. Great race this. Um, obviously, speed map. We know that in the Congo is going to shoot forward with Matai. Generation just in behind. Uh, Mazu, for once, is going to have to come from a wide draw. So, really interesting race this. Uh, who are you siding with? If it was a soft seven or less, mate, uh, Paul Ailey would be the biggest living breathing I've ever seen. Unlucky last start behind what the best sprinters in Australia, Nature Strip and Eduardo. Five out of six at Ramwick. That's its only loss at Ramwick. So, gee, that is an absolute, that is very, very good case. Um, but then you look at its heavy record and it's just, if it's a heavy 10, I, I don't think it's going to win. But if the track dries up at all, I'd have Paul Ailey fifty in this field. And that's no knock on Marzo, who I've won all three times this prep and absolutely flying. Um, if the track does dry out, though, I'm red hot on Paul Ailey. That is outstanding placement, and that's the best form you can find, isn't it, Nature Strip? And it had no luck, so I think at Randwick, very, very hard to beat. Heavy 10s, massive downside. Generation on ratings, really, really good run last start. Rated super. So, again, heavy track, who knows? But Jamie Carr, May Eustace, and that run was, yeah, rating through the roof. And obviously in the Congos in the mix, probably a little bit short for mine, but... For me, mate, I'm going to see if, and I doubt it does, the track dries up and I'll be all over Paul Ailey, unbeaten with McAvoy, five out of six at Randwick. If it stays heavy, I'm probably going to stay out. Might spec generation each way. What do you think, mate? Yeah, I think Paul Ailey, like you said, is certainly the uh, the horse here that's coming out of the best form. Obviously, it was seven days ago. Coming out of the TJ Smith, where he's very good behind two, two world-class sprinters. Gets back mm. to his own age group here, which is a really big positive. Um, he's also five wins from six, I think, at Ramwick. So five wins and a third from six starts at Ramwick. Yeah. I'm not sure the inside draw is going to be the place to be on a heavy deck like this, but 
Yeah. You know, um, I think that Paul is really, really well placed here. Um, the other horse I like is in the Congo. I thought he was super first up in the Galaxy behind Shelby 66. He led him up at a really good speed, made him work for it, made him work for it. Um, and, yeah, he sort of didn't didn't sort of shake the task at the end of that race. And I think that might have been the really big fitness tick that he needed for this run here. Uh, he looked through his career. He's, he's beaten Pulele. He's beaten Adamo before. So I think that, you know, getting to the 1,200 metres, he really suits in the Congo. Uh, Mazu's, I think the market's spot on, obviously, with those three horses. Mazu's rock yeah. hard fit, relishing the wet tracks, unbeaten since he's been gelded. The only query I have about Mazu is that, you know, he looked through his wins. It was one length over Zapateo, one length over Mallory, and a, and a win over Bacchanalia, which, you know, it's certainly not the A-grade form, so... But I think it's a really, really hard race, this one. And um, I think it's there's a couple of horses there that are a bit short in the market. But if I had to pick one, mate, I'd probably, probably side with in the, in the Congo if the track's playing that way. Yeah, definitely. You're right about Mazu. No knock. You can only beat what you're in front of. But that form is really sketchy. And in the Congo, just depends on the conditions. If it was a soft seven at Week, Paul Ailey living, breathing. But in the Congo, as you said, has beaten it. If it's a very heavy deck, that'll get the upper hand there as well. So... Yeah, I think uh, in the Congo and Paul Ailey are probably the two generation blowout. Yeah, I think especially if Paul Ailey can drift in the market a little bit as well, because when you look through the field, Mautai is going to take on in the Congo if they both race. So there's going to be a stack of pressure up in front here. And if if McAvoy can push Paul Ailey just to sit him on the speed, it might be the place to be. So there's a little bit of um, certainly a bit of map work to do here and review the race um, with scratchings up, uh, you know, 7.30 in the morning there on Saturday. But it's a great race. I'm um, just not sure it's an easy one for punters. Mm. Race six is the Star Australian Oaks over 2,400 metres, obviously set weights for three-year-old fillies, and it's a group one race. Um, very, very competitive race here with three three horses on the $4.40 favourite mark, Hinged, Gypsy Goddess, and Honey Creeper. Pink Ivory at $6, Biscayne Bay, 15 El Patroness, 18, Lavilli, 20, and then um, large odds, the rest. Predicted tempo is going to be decent with Hinge going forward, Chance Reward and Charity Spirit as well. And obviously El Patroness from Barrier 2, I don't think it's going to want to go back, so I think uh, she'll push forward. I think there'll be reasonable tempo, and it's going to be a really uh, really tricky race for these three-year-olds getting out of the 2,400 metres, mate. Uh, you got any confidence levels here? A lot of this is going to be messily run. I think a lot is luck in running. How stacked is the field? Everyone's going to be looking for a run in the straight and in the heavy, there's going to be uh, horses dropping out. So it's going to be messy. I think the ride's extremely important here when there's not a whole lot between hinged Gypsy Goddess, Pink Ivory. Thought Gypsy Goddess was the one that is going to eat the trip, but hinged is hard to knock. I probably think Pink Ivory deserves to be a little bit longer. Mate, I've jumped on Velvet Lady at 100s, and, it yeah, I'm not too sure in the heavy, but you go watch its last two wins. It's been absolutely phenomenal. It came from the clouds in a Class 1. I know that isn't the right form, but then it ran again. I think it was just the start of this week, and uh, Grant Buckley just sat it off the speed, 2,200 at Scone, and it just walked in. Soon as Grant sort of hovered him up, it just trucked. And they bet four bucks early. And it, it just, I don't even think he used the whip. It was walking past the line. And it didn't look like it was ever going to stop. This looks a genuine stayer. And it's rock hard fit. If it was a soft or a good track, I'd be pretty keen on its chances. But 
heavy 10. It might just absolutely fold like a deck chair, but saw the hundreds and I went, geez, it's on the rise. I know it's only coming from a Sky and BM58, but um, it couldn't be any more impressive, mate. It's it's an absolute stayer. Its turn of foot is unreal. And if it folds here, stick with it. It's a seriously good racehorse um, coming out of some weak races, but putting them away with complete ease when asked. So I expect that. And I think Gypsy Goddess is the one for me, mate, off the last run. But as I said, whoever does the best ride wins, I think. What about you? Yeah, mate, I did go back and have a look at that uh, Velva Lady after you sent me that message there on, uh, I think it was Monday, on the five-day back up here. But, yeah, it was really, really impressive win. And like you said, Unreal. certainly a horse with a massive motor. So one to follow going forward. Um, certainly thrown in the deep end here, but nonetheless getting some good odds about it. Uh, for me, obviously, uh, I'm, I'm pretty keen on Hinged. I think the price is right at the moment. I don't want to take any shorter than the $4.50 mark. Uh, but I just really like the setup for this preparation. I always like horses getting out of that 2,400, especially first time, just taking it that couple of hundred metres extra every start. And uh, you look through uh, Hinged's preparation here, her, her preparation, she's going 1,200, 1,400, 1,500, 1,850, and now getting right out there to the 2,400. Obviously, that 1850 race was going to be 2000 until they went back to Newcastle. So that's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a blow because I think 15 to 2000 and then the 2100 would have been a lot better. But nonetheless, I got a massive opinion of Fangirl. And if you watch that race, you know, it was, it was a two horse race, you know, and then there was clear air, the rest. There's a couple of other horses in this race that come out of that same race. So you, I don't think that any of them can turn the tables on hinges when it's a set weight, hinge when it's a set weights race. Um, so, yeah, I'm with Hinged. Obviously, I thought Honey Creeper was really good last week. Not sure that I'm that keen on a horse on the seven-day backup, 2,200 on heavy when you're a three-year-old. That's a little bit of a query for me at the price. And, um, yeah, the other one I probably had a little bit of an opinion of was Pink Ivory. But for me, I, I think Hinge is the one to beat, and I'm gonna, I'm certainly going to have a bet at the $4.50. Yeah, and Waller knows how to get them ready. And... It is hard to knock, isn't it? I thought if anything could turn the tables, potentially Gypsy Goddess did look to be hitting the line. But then again, Hinged had its measure. So I think that's that's a good good point you made, mate. And it does look uh, pretty well priced with the market at the moment. Yeah, well, I had a good look through my selections when I was going through them um, last night and obviously today. And I'm either going to be a massive fan of Chris Waller on Saturday afternoon or I'm going to be a little bit frustrated by his performance. So I'll probably keep trusting <laughs> I'll probably um, talk about a few of his runners here as well, but we'll move on to race seven. It's obviously the 3,200-metre Schweppes Sydney Cup, which is a group one race. Uh, current favourite is Joe Pride Stockman at $4.80. Crystal Pegasus, $7. Chalkstream and Knight's Order at $9. Luncey's 10 Shiraz, 12 Shorefire, 12 The Chosen One and No Compromise are 13 and then we uh, double the price of some large odds. Speed map, obviously Knight's Order, Barrier 1, perfect sort of draw there for a Waterhouse horse again. I don't know how she does it, but uh, Knight's Order will shoot forward and lead. Angel of Truth will be in behind. And then I think a couple of those horses out wide are going to have to push forward, um, and uh, it'll make it an interesting affair. But, yeah, interested to hear if you're keen on one here, mate. Yeah, I, I penned a few instantly, and I think the market has a couple really short here when they shouldn't be and a few that are over the odds. Firstly, Stockman, Dre's form, which goes around at, at the moment $5.50 against very elegant Animo, Zaki, etc. So you, you can't find better form than that for a race like this, for my opinion. Eats mud for breakfast. 
Alicia Collette I'm a fan of, so very, very likable. Crystal Pegasus, and no knock at all. I was against it last start, and I was completely wrong. But beat Pondus. Is Pondus racing against those stayers? No, not at all. So, look, it's on the rise. It's Waller, but I don't think that's the right form for this. And no knock on the horse. It's flying, and I was wrong last start. But Joyce is coming up with that Stockman form, whereas Pondus, I don't think, would even be near those ones. Shiraz is, could win this by 10 lengths. Could, could just absolutely... Bl- annihilate these it's unbeaten fourth up handles the heavy you look at its runs overseas over the over the trips and it could just put an absolute hole in these and it's got a good draw surefires yeah it's it's flying as well it's got the upside so i sort of had it between uh, surefire shiraz and stockman that were the three i'm leaning in on and no knock on chalk stream that's in the mix as well but um mate if shiraz finds its best and, and gets out to this trip could put five lengths on them I think that's well over the odds. Uh, I'm going to play that and Stockman and just keep an eye on the market with with Shorefire. What did you land on? Hopefully, we're popping a bottle of Shiraz uh, Saturday night, mate, because I'm playing on Shiraz as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, fourth up. Well, first thing I want to say about this race is, dead set, if you take away uh, the chosen one, this is dead set a set weights race. They're all the same. So everyone gets this opinion, oh, yeah, look at, you know, Future score or anyone like that carrying 50 kilos, they're so well placed. They're all carrying 50 kilos, and then you got you know one horse that's carrying a little bit more. So you, you know that's what we got to weigh up. They're all on an even playing field here. But Shiraz for me, um, obviously he's rocked fourth up, rock hard fit near. His preparation's been 1900, 2000, 2400. Gets out to 3200 here. Uh, mm-hmm. He's unbeaten over his career fourth up, which is two starts, two wins. I just think he, if you look through his form guide, he's a horse that. Just takes a little while to get going. I'd say he's probably a bit of a thick build type horse. Um, he's ticked the 3,000-meter box overseas and won a race. He's Chris Waller. This is a grand final, heavy track, and barrier six. I think that the horse just dead set needs the 3,200, and I'm hoping that today's the day. And obviously, we've got the price to play him each way, 12 and 380. I'll probably you know have three times as much on the place as I do the win, but... I really like Shiraz there. Um, obviously, a little bit interested about the jockey booking, but anyway, Willow, Willow aboard, um, keen to play. And the other one I liked was Chalkstream. Obviously, I was keen on him last week. He was going to be my best bet last week, and, you know, he was obviously remain, was, is, and he's remaining low of the weights. I think Waller just opted to keep him out last week and save him for this race. Um, his run last start was over 2,400 metres, three wide of the trip, kept coming. I think I think he's a proper star. He's only four years old, so I think that went through Waller's mind there, where he was like, "I don't want to get on the seven-day backup." Um, and yeah, I think that he's a proper star, judging by that performance. And I think that he'll eat up the thirty-two hundred meters as well. Obviously, testing track might bring a few undone, but yeah, certainly keen to play Shiraz each way, mate. And you know, apart from that, I think you, you mentioned the one that we should be worried about in Shorefire. Most of the others I'm pretty keen to let go around. Um, and, yeah, hoping that Shiraz is keen to peak. If, yeah, if I was a bookie, I'd be I'd be trading uh, Knight's Order and Crystal Pegasus $40, and I'd be having Shiraz 4 or 5. Um, look, they can win. Could be completely wrong, but Ponder's form and Knight's Order, Nerve Not Verve form, not for me, mate. Not for me when you've got Shiraz with the overseas and Stockman around Joyce. I, I think they should be way, way longer. I'm just sort of sort of thinking a little bit along the lines here. Chris Wallace got his hands on a couple of these overseas stayers, which we've known over the, the a long time now that European stayers are better than our stayers. And 
our sprinters are better than their sprinters. So I'm hoping that I'm on the right path there. And I'm also hoping that maybe I haven't looked into it, but maybe Shiraz, if Shiraz raced last week in one, might have carried a bit more weight here. But it would have been a monumental task anyway to oh sorry, chalk stream I'm talking about, but it would have been a monumental task to race a big race last week and back up seven days later and do this. So yeah, um, yeah looking forward to the race, mate. But uh, we'll move forward now to the big one, Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Uh, which is a group one weight for age, very elegant, $3. Zaki's five with Animo, Jewess, $6. Montefilia, seven. I'm Thunderstruck, 14. Think it over, $35. I never thought I'd ever see that price again about that horse. And um, $80, Mount Popper and Dallasan. Um, speed in the race, Mount Popper, Zaki, shoot forward, probably would think it over, just in behind. I think Jewison, very elegant. Very elegant will try and cut midfield there and just get a position under J-Mac. Uh, interested, mate? Are you with the Queen or are you, are you playing around? Long live the Queen. I looked at the field, mate, and I couldn't actually pen any of the runners all the way through to Mount Popper, which I, I think is a dead set chance. I had on Thunderstruck as uh, best of the day on debut after its trials, so I have a bit of a soft spot for it. And Juice, all the way back to the days in in early Sydney when it was in the in the country tracks, I was following it. So they're two that I've really followed since day dot. And Animo, I think I've still backed it for its seven losses and uh, haven't won on it. So I think I'm just going to sit and enjoy this race, mate. And, and uh, you get the knack of wanting to get involved with most or all races. I know me especially, but this is one I'm just going to sit back and. Uh, may the best horse win. I, I think it's a cracking race. I couldn't steer you into anything with confidence. Um, just for the sake of it, I think Joyce is, is the up-and-comer. Uh, but, gee, it's an absolute ripper race, mate. No bet for me. Maybe Joyce if I've got a bonus bet lying around. What about you? It's an absolute ripper race, as you said. And the one thing for me was Juice. I thought if Juice went around in the Sydney Cup on level playing field with a few of the others, I just thought Juice was going to bolt home there and be strongest late. Oh, 2,400 metres, absolutely bursting through the line there last start. But anyway, um, anyway, that's sort of the query around that for me. I, I am with the Queen, uh, very elegant. I, I obviously will be playing a saver in the race as well because you can't be confident in a race like this. Yeah. However, I just feel potentially as she gets older, she's going to get better later into her preparations. I think we're all forgetting she came off a Melbourne Cup campaign last time around where she won on a good track. She won in style. Um, she bolted in in the Chipping Norton this preparation on a heavy 10. And then was a little bit disappointing last start behind Montefilia. But, you know, that was in a five-horse field there at Rose Hill. Probably not her go. She's a horse that loves the theatre, loves the crowd, loves a big field, loves the tempo. Uh, obviously, this isn't a massive field, but I think there'll be enough tempo in this race. And we all know that she's just an absolute champion. And it's grand final day with J-Mac aboard. I think that a, a really wet Ramwick 2,000 metres suits her down to the ground compared to a few of the others. And, um, yeah, obviously the preparation, 1,400, 1,600, 2,000, and now once again, 2,000. You look at Jewess, I think she's an amazing mare. I think she has the ability to potentially reach close to very elegant status later on in her career if she keeps going the way she's going. Um, but her preparations, 1,400, 1,600, 2,000, 2,400, and now back to 2,000. Wide draw, it's going to have to go back. I just sort of think maybe she was sort of looking for the 2,400, 3,200 again now. That was my only career around that. But then again, you know, I just thought through two horses. I've left out Animo, who was superb in the Cox Plate. Probably the best run of his career was a really fast-paced 2,000 metres. Um, handles are heavy going. 
finally paraded well um, last start. So, look, I think it's a great race. Once again, like you said, I don't think we're, anyone will be betting with confidence in this race. And I haven't even mentioned the likes of Zaki. So, absolutely super race. I want Very Elegant to win. And I also think Jules is, you know, going to be the horse to follow out of the meeting and, and obviously the preparation. At the end of the race, we might even end up being like, oh, Very Elegant won. The best horse in the race and the one that absolutely eats mud. How obvious was that? You know what I mean? It might just be a case of that. If not, then whoever wins deserves to win, don't they? That's exactly right, mate. And and the other thing is, you know, think it over. I know that I know that he's no good on a heavy track, or not 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 as good on a heavy track. But thirty five dollars, mate. Like about Huge. a horse that's proven Group One winner, proven Group One weight for age horse here at thirty five dollars with his mate um, Nashi aboard from Barrier Four. I just it's just crazy. It's a great race, and uh, yeah, we'll. We'll certainly see what happens there on Saturday afternoon. Yep. Race nine. Uh, this is a tricky race. It's the Sydney's Queen of the Turf. Uh, group one weight for age, Phillies and Mares race, 1,600 metres. Uh, Favourite is Colette, $4. Ice Bar, $4.80. Yon's, 650 Fangirl, Promises, Success and Lighthouse, around that 11, 12, 14 price. Anavisto, 17 and getting out of some big odds. Um, yeah, once again, we're talking about Waterhouse horses taking the lead with never being kissed. Vangelical shoot across. You got shout the bar there as well. Bar Raider, Mirror Vision up the inside. There's a lot of pace in this race. Um, yeah, here I'm pretty keen to hear if you're with uh, with the favourite here, mate. In terms of Ice Bath, and I learned this lesson quite recently with Sing a Love Song, Verbeck, Straub, three horses that I clung on to where flashing light runs or enormous uh, figures or wall placed. And I had to just go back and go, okay, so let's have a look at the SPs and how many chances I've given them. And I go, okay, I start to cling on to things and, and need to learn to give horses one or two chances and then let them go. So I've now started looking at the figure of how many times has something been beaten at an SP and ice bath. You just see, you know, people on Twitter and, and, and tipsters going so well placed, so well placed, perfect setup. Yes, racing incredibly well. Won once in the past 10 times it's been below $10, you know, and most of those have been $3, $4. So then I'm asking myself, it's not a punter's pal. And you look at it here and you go, oh, why draw, rips home, mud, can win. But now I'm learning the skill of letting things go that just keep getting rolled at prices. And it looks unbelievably well placed. So did Straw last weekend, ran second. Verbeck comes up again on Sunday, still a maiden. Sing a love song, tipped it eight times, no wins, came out, bolted in You just, well, as soon as I jumped off it. So I think I've just learned to look at SPs a lot more and how many times things get rolled. Wrong last weekend with Cherry Tortoni, giving him an absolute peach and, and happy to be wrong with that. But ice bath here, mate. I couldn't possibly take those odds. Not not if it's won once and it's past 10 goes at, at short prices. Colette, J-Mac, heavy track, fourth up. Eight wins from 24. Ice baths, four wins from 30. So you're starting to question it's, you know, it loves a placing. And then Yonts, hard to knock. Oh, great horse. I've been on it and a massive time for it. Promise of success. The up-and-comer. Fangio has the right form. Cracking race, mate. Uh, Colette for me, but... I'll probably save on Yonce as well. It's very untapped. Johnny Allen knows how to win a group one. What about you? Yeah, I like what you're saying there about Ice Bath. Uh, I do think that Ice Bath's going to get the chance this week on the seven-day backup. 
Um, she's bring some pretty good performances into the into a track there on on the seven day backup in, in previous preparations, and I think this time around, I think that she really hit her straps there last start or last weekend. Sorry, at Ramwick in the Doncaster, she honestly needs a really really fast run race. That's what she needs throughout her career. She's all, always getting the wide wide draws every race. We know that she needs a fast run race. She's going to get that here. She also needs the track to be playing that way. So obviously, you'll know by this race whether. Bouncing down the outside lane is the place to be because there's no doubt Ice Bath is going to be coming down, what, lane 9 and 10 from that draw. Won't be going any inside there. And uh, if she does get that and the track's playing fair, I think she can win. Uh, the other horse I like, like you said, is Colette. I sort of, sort of leaning towards what you were saying. Colette's probably the one you'd want to back because obviously has a bit more of a better draw. Fourth up, loves the heavy deck, finds J-Mac. Um, you know, had a pretty poor run in the Chibi Norton, but bounced right back into the pitchery with a good run last start. And she's won three times out of four, fourth up, as you said before. So, look, Colette's probably the one to go. I think at the same price as Ice Bath. If Ice Bath drifts a little bit, I think she's a chance. And I also don't want to rule out my other mate, Promise of Success, because she absolutely loves Ramwick. She really likes this track because it's such a big big open track where she can really wind up and hit it at gears late. And that's when she does the best work. It's that last 50 metres of a race. And I think that, you know, the track's obviously been really heavy up there, but last weekend you could get down the outside. And uh, it's it's certainly a uh, track pattern race for me. Uh, but at this stage, I'm sort of leaning towards Colette Ice Bath and Promise of Success, and I'm going to make my decision before the, before the race on Saturday. Yeah, very fair. And if you haven't been burnt by Ice Bath, then jumping on for the first or second time, fair play. But, yeah, I've, I'm done with that thing. That's in the pile. I can't back anymore. And if you do manage to catch something, um, then well played. But, yeah, my kind of rule of thumb now is is probably two or three chances and then it's, uh, yeah, not again until until I see consistency. Yeah, hearing you, mate. Certainly is one of them horses. It's had so many opportunities and just hasn't been able to get the job done and so many seconds over the career as well. Uh, I guess the reason why those two horses are so well-placed and, and, and look good in the market is because they're coming up against their own sex here. You know, they're up against the, the girls, whereas they've, they've both taken on the males many times and raced well. Uh, so, yeah, getting back to this grade, I think Colette and Ice Bath are both capable of winning the race. Like you said, I think Colette's a great bet at the $4 as well, as long as she brings the best performance to the track. But if she does, with the best rider in the world aboard, um, I think she's super placed against her own sex here. Um, last race of the day there in Sydney. This will be a heavy 900 at this stage of the day. Uh, the race is called the Tab Sapphire Stakes, over 1,200 metres. Bellucci Bay with Tim Clark aboard is our favourite at 360. Bella Nipatina, $5.00. Emanating Wonderbar, $8. Minhaj, 10. Tricky Gal, 15. Jump the Broom, 17. Four moves ahead. Um, super odds the rest of the field. Tempo in the race is pretty high here. Jump the Broom from Barry 12, shoots forward. Majestic Shot, one of our old mates from um, last start, will be in there as well. Pandora Blue, and I think the Bellucci Bay will suit, sit right in behind the speed. You, you side with the favourite here last race, mate, or you found one at odds? No knock on Majestic Shot because it, it really does fly this time of prep. And there's a couple other here that are nicely placed. And then you go have a look at Bellucci Babe dropping 1.5 kilos off uh, versing Nature Strip. And then there's a decision made, isn't it? I mean, provided it handles the backup and Jean Baker, 
loves the quick backup, Timmy Clark. This is the best weighted horse in Australia all weekend. How can you be dropping a kilo and a half against Nature Strip and come up against the field panels weaker? Panels weaker. You've got Bella Nipotina, no disrespect, second in the market. So uh, all things even on paper, Bellucci Babe is an absolute living, breathing on the weights coming off that race. But then you throw in, how's the track playing? Quick backup. Yeah, a couple of iffy things, but, mate, 360, if I'm getting a, a kilo and a half off a fourth behind Nature Strip from a wide draw, good draw, Timmy Clark, can't look anywhere else, mate. For me, I was just like, yep, that is the one. And uh, that's a bet I'm happy to lose on because I think there's so many boxes ticked there that if, if it doesn't get the job done, I go, well, I think I'll back the best horse with the best setup. Jump the broom, majestic shot, two, two at uh, double figures I could probably entertain as savers. But, yeah, mate, Bellucci, babe, I'm all over it if it handles the backup. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. Bellucci, babe, looks the horse to beat for sure. Uh, the big key for me was, well, obviously, we know the big question mark there. It's just whether she handles the seven-day backup after a chase and nature strip. You know, it wouldn't have been an easy task trying to chase down nature strip, but she performed really well in that race. And I think that if you looked at the horses in that race last week, racing to their absolute potential, which we all knew that Bellucci Bay wasn't going to win that race. She was absolutely super, really. And I'm not sure who rode last week. I think it was Josh Parr. He jumped off and said she ran an absolute bottler. So she ran a really good race. If she's pulled up well, she's also the absolute map horse here from Orland. Barrier 4 can just, Timmy Clark can just sort of do what he wants with her. And I think that that's what he'll do. He'll sit just in behind the speed. Ideally, it'd be um, probably one off the fence at this stage of the day. But, yeah, from Barrier 4, I think that she's going to get every chance. And I think she's the sort of horse that looks to suit a seven-day backup. So, you know, if she looks well in the yard, I think she's a definite player at that price at $3.60. Um, J-Mac jumping, J-Mac jumping on Bella Nipotina for mine's an interesting one because I think that he might have had the opportunity to ride Bellucci Bay, but nonetheless, Clark has ridden the horse before and done a good job. So that'll be my bet, mate, Bellucci Babe. And yeah, I think that if you look through the rest of the field and you're looking for that little bit of a saver, I think there's plenty of them around that eight to ten dollar mark that really excite you. But then you get the majestic shot and you just go 20 bucks and 480. I'm completely with you there. Second up, unbeaten over its career, probably that's when it peaks. Obviously, they wanted to get the horse into the provincial and missed out. Found a race here on the same day, worth a bit of money. Heavy track suits. I think that Majestic Shot's going to be a little bit of a saver there, and, and from a really good barrier as well. So, yeah, I like both of those horses as well. Heading down to Adelaide now, mate. Um, I've been there before. It's a really nice city. I've been to Morpheville, and I've had plenty of beers at that track as well. So, I wish I was there on Saturday uh, in the sun because I haven't seen the sun for about three months now living here. But anyway, uh, we got a good four there on Saturday. The rail's at eight metres, which certainly should suit on-pace horses and usually does at this track, and it makes things a little bit interesting on Saturday and really gives us a bit of a you know track pattern to sort of go off. But race seven is the Auraria Stakes, 1,800 metres. It's for three-year-old fillies, set weights and penalties, group three. The favourite is Mac and Cheese, Bonza Perla and My Whisper are $4.00. Stray is 11, gonna dance a lot, always on my mind, 17, 18, and um, some pretty big odds the rest, even though there is a horse in those large odds that I like. But um, yeah, mate, decent tempo in this race as well. Have you got a winner for the punters there at Adelaide? No value with this for me. I I do like my whisper and uh, did get the job done for me last start, but I'm going to really back with confidence, Bonza Perla and Mac and Cheese. I think they're the two absolute standouts. 
one of them wins in my eyes. Mac and Cheese was unbelievable last start, overcame some trouble, and that was just a sign of a good horse. And once it got clear, it was unbelievable. And, yeah, it's it's form is, you know, you can question it, but it just shows the things, uh, does the things of a very, very smart racehorse. Bonza Perla, no knock. Look at its form. Two runs back behind Hitotsu. Only beaten by a length. So on form, that wins. On talent, mac and cheese wins. They're the two, mate. Darzella's, um, yeah, and always on my mind. They're sort of the two nice little blowouts. But I'm going to back both of them with confidence. What did you land on? Interesting when I was doing this race, man, because we were talking last week about how punters go against uh, Fiber and things like that. You look at the form lines out of Bonds of Pearl, like you just said, and then, you know, you got a horse like My Whisper who, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if My Whisper comes out, wins this race out of the Snowden camp, done really well, won three in a row. They won a benchmark 72 last start and really had to knuckle down and just go there, and it wasn't an exciting victory either with Glyn Pope carrying four kilos more, and we get the same price. I just... I can't believe it. I think that obviously you've mentioned the two that should win should be competing out the finish for mine, Mac and Cheese and Bonza Perla. I'm, I was sort of leaning towards Bonza Perla at the price there against them two. I think Mac and Cheese is a really good horse. Uh, the two recent wins have been absolutely super. But there is one horse that I'm sort of just going to throw a little bit of pocket change at at ridiculous odds, and, I, and that's Tiempo Posada at 91 and 17. Now, reason behind that is I really have a lot of time for this horse. I know it's, it's obviously a massive throw at the stumps while it's stable if they come here and race. Uh, I think she has a stack of ability, and I think she was really building towards something there when she got out to that 1,800-metre race. And since that day, she's hit two heavy tracks, and the first one, she had a poor draw. So I think that they get it down to Adelaide here, back onto a good track, rock-hard fit, low in the weights. I'll give her a little bit of a chance there at the massive odds to run a, run a big race, uh, whether she can... Do it so early in her career against some quality horses, but I just think back onto a good track. If she handles that Adelaide way of going, I think 91 and 17, I'll be having some pocket chains at least to place here. I think she's a good horse. She's in my black book. She's one that I'm following. And I don't think this race, apart from a couple of the ones higher up in the market, is is a super race. So yeah, that's my yeah. thoughts there, mate. I'll be having a little bit of pocket chains on Tempo Posada and interested to watch that race there on Saturday Arvo. I'll have to save on it. Sounds good, mate. You won't have to put much on to, to get your money back anyway. <laughs> All my uh, winnings from uh, from sharp response, I reckon. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, don't remind me about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, race eight is the Port Adelaide Guineas. It's another 1,800-metre race. Um, set weights listed. Favourite is Daisy's, $2.10. Harley moving, $3.70. St. Tropez, 11 Blackcomb, 11 Polani, 14 uh, don't think we need to mention too many of the others. Speed map, um, yeah, once again, decent enough pace there with a couple of horses that are going to have to shoot forward from the wide draw there. Daisy's has a bit of a tough draw there in 10, but um, no, the horse might be able to overcome that. Are you with Daisy's there, mate, or are you going around? I do think Daisy's hard to beat. It's just not a price I really want to dip into. I'm extremely keen on also clear race two tonight at Packenham. Extremely keen on it. $2.80 was an absolute gift. And uh, Blackcomb beat at last start. So I'm happy to stick with that form line. I think it's just got good upside. Also clears forms sensational. So I think that's in the right areas, but obviously the barrier is pretty tricky. Daisies, yeah, it's got the right form, doesn't it? Uh, $2.10. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be chasing on that. So... 
happy to stick black comb, mate. What what are you landing on? Yeah, very fair, mate. Well, yeah, I gave out a little bit of value in the last one there at 91, but this time around, I'm going to stick with the two favourites. Obviously, going to stick with daisies, actually, but, um, yeah, I thought last prep, she really came into her own when she got out of the 2,000 metres. Stable have obviously always had a high opinion of her. You just have to look through the races she's competed in. She obviously won the Ethereal Group 3, and then she raced in the Wakeful and the VRC Oaks. You know, that just means, that screams confidence from the stable. Uh, I think this is a, a much more suitable race and gets here third up um, after a pretty nice win there over 1,600. I think that she's going to, well, we know she's going to absolutely lap up the 1,800 and probably want to get further after that. So uh, when you've got a horse on the progression to the right distance range with, with the runs on the board that Daisy's has, I think you just have to stick solid. I think that she might even start a bit shorter than that, but I'll take the $2.10, similar to Fireburn last week. I think she's hard to beat. Harley moving, I think, is probably the one danger in the race. He's really, he's extremely fit. He's having his sixth run this preparation. Um, he's racing really well down in Adelaide. He obviously sticks with Morpherville a lot of time, so he's going to be really comfortable here um, and, and obviously loves the, the good going in the ground. So from barrier two, he's probably going to get the ideal draw and Daisy's going to have it a little bit harder. But I think come over the final stretch of the race there, you know, the eight-metre rail, I guess, is a little bit of a drama for Daisies, but I think that with about that 300, 200 to go, you'll start to see Daisies work into it, and I think that she might be too good. But, um, yeah, it's not much value there, mate, but I am pretty confident she runs a big race. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's clearly the superior form line by a long way. My only knock on Daisies was it was kind of like a bit of a Bradbury thing, wasn't it? Like all the three runners behind it were just completely unlucky. You had Fortunate Kiss, uh, if this is the right race, I'm thinking of Bonza Pella, Do Sir, all of them should have won. And it's kind of like that, they had the ice skater where they all fell and he won. So I think Daisy's was a bit lucky. Um, but then again, if it hadn't have won, that's still the right form. So yeah, no knock at all. I think it deserves to be well short in the market against these. You are right there, mate, because I uh, I backed Do Sir that night on an each way basis and I thought with 300 to go, the race was over. But then... <laughs> absolutely rattled home up the inside and as you know Mooney Valley you need the gaps to come at the right time and yeah it was a really big race but yeah I think you're right I think you know the horse could have been beaten there but um I do know after speaking with you earlier today mate that you were pretty keen on to talk about a couple of other runners over the day and a couple of other races so uh, I'll, I'll leave it with you mate right along where are we heading I'll shoot through them pretty quickly. So Dumbin race one and two, kind of multi the golden runners. The Tuno in the first just looks ready for Saturday grade. Night Mariner was just a really poor steer last start. Maps a treat. It'll turn the tables on slow hands. Steph just needs a good ride and it should be winning. So kind of multi one and two, the golden runners up. Race number four, early price gone. Uh, sorry, race number five at Dumbin, but Coco Rocks just flying last prep just knew how to win thrown in the deep end still 440 at the moment i think that's a super price very hard to beat and in the last smart image was out of this world barrier 18 uh it does make things a little bit complicated but uh did run into golan at the at the gym today and yeah he's uh he said his work's good so that's all that he could probably tell me but it uh it was an explosive win and for barrier 18, Orman might just take it to last and say, let rip, buddy, because that turn of foot last start was just on ratings and peaks through the roof. If that repeats it, it'll just win. Just briefly with Caulfield, uh, a couple I do want to play 
is uh, race number three, Splendiferous. It brings in the Sydney form, but it gets back onto a dry track. And you go have a look through its runs. It's hit the heavy, both starts this prep. Back onto a dry track, it's behind the likes of Head Legislator, last prep, who really came of age. And uh, not too far off promise of success, but fourth behind Dwayce. Fourth behind Dwayce. So that is outstanding form for this. We're getting $9.50 in race three, Caulfield. If that's running up to that kind of run, that is a good thing. Race number four, Yowie. Tracked, trucked, mate. I don't know if you saw this debut. It was phenomenal. Sadler knew what he was doing. They backed it in, um, sat wide, and just absolutely bottled them away. The horse that it beat into third, I was on last weekend at 20s, pipped on the line. I don't know how it lost. Um, so the form's been franked. McNeil should just sit it out, let it ride. I reckon the 340 is an absolute steal. Very, very, very hard to beat there. Yeah, we any improvement and it's race over. And uh, just one or two others, mate. Race six, my mirror Uno. Doesn't win by much, but how much does this horse love to win? Five wins from six starts. It just finds the line. Nick Ryan stable, absolutely airborne at the moment. So race six, my mirror Uno, $6. It's going to be in the finish. And uh, lucky last for the day is race number eight. If they back Posier in, get on. If it drifts, then no good because that last run was just bizarre. Um, they had issues with the action with the horse, but you go back to that prior and any of its efforts just blow them away. So if I see Hosier into 250-ish, I'll, I'll be going in. I like it, mate. That's what we want. We want plenty of winners, and you've just given us a few of them. Um there's only one other runner that I'm sort of keen on over the weekend, and it's literally purely because we're actually finally getting a price about a good horse. And this is a, a horse that's probably disappointed a lot of punters a number of times, and it's going to be the last race of the day at Caulfield. So, look, I haven't been able to get to the track the last couple of weeks, and I'm not going to get up to Randwick on Saturday either because um, it's just too wet, mate, and I don't want to get me floaties out, and I'd rather be at the pub having a few beers with my mates. But the uh, horse I'm speaking of is Abel Willie. And after a few beers, I'll be definitely putting some pocket change on him at the 11 and 350. I just thought, I think the horse has super, super, super ability. And I think he's probably 1,400 metres. I'm willing to have a crack at him here at the 11 and 350. I think that there's a bit of pace uh, injected into the race here, as you can see from the inside draws. Um, I just think that Preble's going to get the horse back. I, I can't remember the last time Preble's won a race, so that's probably why we're getting $11. But I think um, Abel Willie, when they straighten up, Caulfield straight suits him. I think he's a big, big chance at the 11 and 350. So that's the only other horse for me, mate, over the weekend. Um, and punters, yeah, get, get on board. Uh, like Bryce said earlier, back a winner, Oz. Uh, he's been doing some really good things there, as, as has the rest of the team. So get around that one. Uh, all their selections will be up over the weekend. And uh, for anyone who wants to follow my stuff, um, head on to Triple J Racing on Facebook and Instagram. Also, www.triplejracing.com.au and um, you can hear about the sort of packages that I have with my selections. And, um, yeah, we've had a few good couple of weeks. So, yeah, get on board and check that out. Um, but nonetheless, I just hope everyone has a great weekend, including you, Bryce, and uh, all the best with your selections, mate. Uh, just before you go, mate, uh, best in value? Oh, best in value, mate. You got me um, You got me surprised. You forgot about that. Um, best bet for me is going to be Daisy's there at Adelaide. Race eight. I just think the form lines are going to stand up. And uh, for a value bet, probably have to go with Shiraz uh, in the Shreps Sydney Cup, obviously, at 11 and 350. I just think, yeah, we're getting good odds about a horse that's uh, really 
ready to peak your fourth up. So what about yourself? Yeah, I think we usually have one or two on the same terms, mate. So our, our combined sort of value can be uh, Shiraz. I think that's a, a really good price. Best bet, as long as it handles the heavy, then I just think uh, Kieran McAvoy on uh, race number two in the South Pacific, Lock Eagle, it should just be winning. Green Belt is, uh, is a really good horse, but first up on a heavy track, uh, weary. But as long as it handles the heavy, Lock Eagle should be putting uh, margin on them and Best value, mate. I just reckon Splendiferous off the wet. We're going to see a completely different horse up on the speed. Yeah, Willow can be iffy with on-speed riders, um, but if he's at his best, $10 looks very, very good odds. Sounds good, mate. Looking forward to the weekend, track and day racing. Uh, for anyone going up the Randwick, wear your floaties and uh, hopefully it stays dry. The beers taste the same anyway. And uh, Bryce up in Queensland, I hope you have a great weekend as well, mate. Thanks very much, mate. Thanks for having me. Good luck. Cheers, guys.